Welcome, everybody listening from coast to coast to the 31st episode of your Monday Morning Tears cast. As you can tell, this isn't your normal voice you're listening, you're normally listened to. It's not that sweet, luscious, but kind of musky, but absolute gorgeous voice of our OG host, Daniel Kite. But other than that, it's my own voice, the proud manager of Spitting Llamas, still the champions, by the way, until this season's done, uh, ready to fill in for uh, Kite here this week. Uh, we have a special guest here today. Uh, he's been kind of quiet uh, in our league for the last couple of weeks for, for sorrow reasons. Uh, but before I introduce him, I'm going to just go through tradition and go through a weekly recap of the week 13 matches that we had. I'm going to start off with uh, my own matchup against the Agent of Chaos, Chris, who striked again, putting up once again the most points of the week, going 130.18 to 90 and a half. He just, his team's on fire right now with Connor going for 18 points. Freeman, out of all people, also going for 18 points. Herbert looking like an absolute stud out there right now. Danny, what did you do, man? Come on, you gave up Herbert for Mahomes? Oh, man, I bet you're regretting that one. But, uh, yeah, it's getting curious with the Agent of Chaos. Now that he's won, he's jumped up to uh, to a playoff position. But I think we're going to talk a little bit more about his team later on in the pod. The next matchup, we have VP Kamara Harris out beating DeAndre the Giant 117 to 81. Nothing special over here. Just, you know, Steve's team just kind of shot the bed for him. That's about it there. We have now the notoriously... Uh, villain of our league right now, ain't all Pete Beer and Kittles beating out D Hop Psy 115 to 96. We have Paul's second worst drafted team out beating Baga Mix on 96 to 66. We have here Show Me the Mooney absolutely crushing it this week 127 against the lonely fields of wet dreams 127 to 94. And then we have over here, probably I think the biggest defeat or the widest margin defeat of the week. We have Team Tony beating out John Kenobi, 127 to 72. And on that final note, we actually have here today the manager and the proud owner of OB John Kenobi, Jonathan Carvello. Welcome, John. Thank you, Mikey. It's great to be here. And I, I will say that. Yes, your voice may not be as luscious and uh, as musky as Kite's, but a lot more seductive and it's a lot more welcoming. So glad to be on the pod with you. Glad to hear your voice. It's always a pleasure, Mikey. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, for some of the newer members in our league uh, who hasn't been here for a while, uh, I'll give you a little history lesson of the podcast. Uh, I actually was the OG of doing the podcast it uh-huh. didn't last long it, it only lasted about three to four weeks to be honest i had commitment issues to it uh but then our wonderful daniel kite decided to take over duties and actually call it the monday morning tier cast so insight why you know sometimes i might come on the pod and like to take some of those host duties it's just, it's just a natural instinct uh but uh yeah just a little history lesson there for some of the new guys like steve out there who's a, a fan favorite actually we see how many views uh we get of it uh, coming specifically from Steve. So kudos to him. Uh, but yeah, John, last time you were on was of week four. And that seems now looking at today, eons ago at that time in week four, you were like at the top of Mount Everest. You were the shining beacon light out there for all the lonely sailors, wives looking for them to come back home. You were on top of the league. I'm pretty sure you were so confident. You put yourself out there to win it all as you were the guy on top. Now we're unfortunately sitting here where you're more just trying to climb up the Grand Canyon right now, desperate for some water. So, John, you know, I'm going to give you the floor. Why don't you tell me about your experience the last couple of weeks from the last time you were on to how you are now? Very accurate and great analogies. That's exactly how I felt at the time. However, um, I'm not as distraught as you're making it out to be. But let's start with that. So I think I was on here week four, week five. At that point, I was, I think, four and one. I was going into week five, which I ended up winning. So I was on a, a five-game win streak at that point. 
And you're right, I was feeling on top of the world. I had Derrick Henry, who was firing on all cylinders and basically making up for about 35% of my points on a weekly basis. So as long as he was out there, um, I knew I was going to get some great production from him. And everything else just was falling together perfectly. I ran into a lot of issues once he went, he went down. I fully invested my trust my, and also my, my trade perspectives on Zach Moss, who has been dreadful since that week five. I had some great trade offers around Zach Moss. I actually traded for, I believe, uh, Gaskin. At the time, I thought I was, I was committing high, highway robbery. I thought it was the best trade in the world, and uh, I was a shoe-in for the championship. Uh, of course, that's not, that's not what happened. He's absolutely garbage. If I could go back and do it again, I would do it again without... Or without sorry, if I could go back and, and stop that from ever happening, I would definitely do that. Um, I've lost faith in this man. He's a disappointment to the Bills organization, but also to my, to my team as well. Nothing good came from that trade. So I'm struggling. I, I have to be honest, Mikey. I, I am struggling here. Um, it's no secret. I'm now, I think, 7-6. and six. Somehow clinched a playoff spot. Going into the final games of the week, not really caring as to where I'm going to place, just hoping to avoid... Uh, ain't no beer and Skittles, whatever that that dumb name is. I just I really want to avoid him. Um, but to be honest, and to be fair to everyone else, and, and Kite as well, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to a matchup with Kite at this moment. Um, but other than that, it's fantasy football. It's sports. If you're in a playoff spot, anything could happen. Um, and that's the way I'm going to take it for the next two weeks. And we'll see where I'm at in the playoff spot and the playoff race, who I get matched up with. Uh, unfortunately, I think at this point in the, in the league, there's really nothing that you can really do about your team, right? We have the trade deadline that's passed, um, which we can discuss. I think we're going to discuss later, but the waiver wire is bleak as well, right? There's really nothing happening on the waiver wire at this point. So your team is basically set as to what it, where it needs to go. Next week, I have a decent matchup, I think, um, and a winnable one at that. And I think it's with, it's with you, Mikey. <laughs> because yes, it's with it you. But I think I, so as long as Tom Brady isn't throwing to Fournette, I think I'm fine. But we'll see. You're on, you're on a pretty good... Uh, you're look, well, your team is, I think, better than what you are. You're 3-10 and 10 right now your last place, but I think you're capable of pulling out a win, especially with my depleted roster. Anything could happen here. You know what, John? Uh, you're right. We are at the last 10 meters of a 100-meter sprint right now, going into the last week of the regular season. Um, I know things look bleak right now for you, with obviously Henry going down, and now you have some other nicks and knacks going on, like you know Adam Thielen getting the high ankle sprain. Obviously, you have... Um, Waller out as well. Henderson, still... who dropped out. Yeah, Henderson dropped out last week. Hopefully, he's back this week. Yeah, and you know, like hopefully by the time playoffs roll around in two weeks, you can get some of these guys back. Uh, but you still have some optimism. Uh, Henry may still come back. There's still a bleak chance it can happen, but it may happen. But you know what? If you get Henderson back healthy, you get Waller back, and and who knows about Thielen? There's still always a chance here. You got guys who can and can hit off one game like Mike Evans. So there's always hope there. Um, but yeah, I I, I agree that uh, there's definitely it's definitely going to be hard when you want to if you're looking at going up against guys like Taras or even Kite's team now after that trade. Uh, but you know what? If you've if if anyone in this league should have learned something off of last season is you just got to make it to the to the final show and, and anything can happen. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with me last season. And it can happen to somebody else this season. You never know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think you're exactly right. It's like, week by week. Like, look at Taras's team. Who had, he's basically gone all in since going all in. He hasn't really showed much for it. Right. I think his productivity has actually decreased since making all those trades. It's a week-by-week thing. Of course, anything can happen. You prepare yourself as best as you can. The only unfortunate thing from my end is that I don't think I've hit projections in like 
maybe six, seven weeks. I think I've underachieved at least by 20%, 10% each week on my projections. So it's not, there's the, absolutely no optimism coming from my end right now. My team can't even put up the bare minimums. Like this week, I almost got doubled by a competitor. Or I, think, I believe it was, um, who did I play against this week? Tony. Antonio. Tony. Yeah. yeah. Tony's team. He almost doubled me, and he was sitting right below me in the standings. Like it's, well, it's, to it's, be fair, what yeah. Tony's team is, it, it definitely was on a high note. Uh, even though Prescott didn't have a great game for him or Sanders, I, I don't see you know Dallas Goddard getting twenty five. Yeah, that's crazy. A week, uh, especially with just how uh, that that Eagles offense is right now. Like you never know. Hertz can go for the fifty passing yards a game. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's very volatile right now, and I I think you just got some bad luck in your matchup there. Uh, but, you know, with some of these guys coming back, I, I think you still have some hope there, minus regardless of who you play up against. And regarding, like, Taras's team after his trade, uh, you know, with something I would want to to talk about, too. Uh, so one, one of the reasons, too, which is intriguing to have you on the podcast, is ever since um, kind of Henry going down, but especially closer towards that deadline, our our league has been super active and vocal uh, towards the end of that trade deadline. But you were one of the few managers that stayed back quiet and didn't say anything. So I kind of want to, now that I have you on the spot, I have you here. This is a safe place for you to talk. No <laughs> one will hurt you. I kind of want to get your perspective of what went down on that trade deadline weekend, your thoughts about it and how it kind of transitions to what our new league of keepers is and your thoughts of keepers going forward. I was always, I'll start off by saying I was always against keepers. I never wanted it for, for multiple reasons. Um, one being that personally, I felt like I was in a disadvantage. The reason why I'm saying this, I'm fairly new to not only see only fantasy football, but football in general. So understanding statistics and um, these analytics on these players something very foreign to me and i'm slowly starting to pick it up year by year but now i have to make projections for how is this x individual going to be performing in one to two years down the line and i was always okay this puts me at a very unfair advantage the second reason why i was very against keepers is exactly what has happened this year we've basically and and you can't right now it's difficult to tell i think because some of the people who tanked like Chris, are overperforming. But we basically had a situation where we've allowed two, two horses to just absolutely run away with the race itself. It punished the rest of the league for not being active, fair enough. But also, like, at what point does someone sit back and say, well, what's going on here? Like, we have these four individuals who are absolutely raking taking advantage of all these poor, uh, poor, poor owners of certain teams and they're walking out on top and the people who have stayed committed to their teams or have drafted well or have at least tried to make productive trades throughout the year are being shat on. It, it's a strategy which at the same time I, I can't be so butthurt about because it ultimately it is a, it's a rule that we've all agreed to. We all decided to, to either vote or not vote on it but ultimately we democracy won that's what we wanted to do my issue from it from the start was why are we fixing something that wasn't broken um and i think i think that's indicative of what happened now something was something didn't need to change we wanted to make the league better i don't know if we made the league better i think that's for something that we're going to figure out next year and the year after that i think in the first year of a keeper league based on what i'm seeing now you're going to run in this situation time and time again. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very against it. Another thing too is just, it's so anti-competitive at this point. How we have, like I'm saying, like we have these individuals who are, have completely taken advantage of the system to their own benefit. Again, I'm not going to knock them that hard, but it's anti-competitive. And it's, it's, I, I think people who made those trades should really look deep inside themselves and wonder, what did I just do? At what cost, Mikey? At what cost did we do this at? We ruined the league, it. right? It's, uh, you know what? I, I love this bold, passionate, 
statements from you, John, and and this is what I I strive for. Um, I hear you. I I I hear every word you say, and um, there I I I think there is no matter what opinion you have, there is an agreement that I think how we have seen the transition of how we proceed keepers is a lot more strong than we anticipated uh, when we brought this rule in. Uh, that's a guarantee. Um, and let's go and let's dive into it. Look, uh, there was a couple of uh, very, I'll say... Um, Sus trades? Sus trades, you can say. Yeah, let's say um, that. If you want. And I think the uh, I wasn't the first one, but I can definitely say I, I definitely put the gas in the fire with my trade with Taras. And I'm going to go off my standpoint off it so you can see or the league can see um, where I'm coming from. Yes, I know that in a vacuum, my trade that I did with Taras uh, looked like a loss. 100%. You're talking about uh, Delvin Cook, A.J. Brown, and Delvin Cook's backup for Leonard Fournette and Michael Pittman. Like I said, in a vacuum, that looks like a terrible trade. As an owner of Cook, and briefly of A.J. Brown, I dealt with Cook being injured all season. He, and when he was on the field, he was not playing to the potential. I didn't get one blowout game nothing over 25 points from who who potentially could have been the first guy overall it was a big disappointing season from him and ag brown's been pretty much hurt all season too he only really gave me one strong performance which ironically enough uh was against his previous owner danny which actually gave me the w and that trade alone was totally worth it just for that win um and i got back a Leonard Fournette who is sitting as the fourth running back right now in our league, and Michael Pittman who's sitting as the wide receiver 14. Yes, I, A.J. Brown when he's healthy is a WR1, and Cook when he's healthy is a RB1 overall, but that just hasn't been the case, and it hasn't been the case all season. So since there is no keeping value with a number one overall pick, or even, let's say, an A.J. Brown, who would be a second, yes, I took the chance of now grabbing keepers who will be in the seventh, eighth round for me next season, but they're still producing at a level for me right now more than what I had with A.J. Brown and Delvin Cook. All I had was a name attached to them, not their production. So it's been shown. As you can see, Leonard Fournette, you're a Tom Brady and Mike Evans owner. You can see Leonard Fournette has been absolutely playing out of his mind. And that's just oh, yeah. off the back of Tom Brady throwing him the ball eight times a game. So I really don't think that my trade was as skewed as it was looked at the day of the trade. I think there was worse trades in that category that weekend. Oh, I agree. Um, I agree. I agree. You, I think you were... That trade was... Like the reaction to that trade was a result of the trades that happened previously, namely the Swift trade, which, in my opinion, was complete bullshit. Um, we had to put it to a veto, which I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that we had to go to a veto. Like we all agreed to these terms. We all have to be on a mutual understanding that everyone is looking out in in their best interest and not trying to sabotage others. And if they want to make poor trades, that's on them. And the consequence of being in a friendly or friend-based fantasy league is that you need to trust your league is doing or not doing anything shady, you know? So I didn't, li- I didn't like the idea of vetoing. Um, I-, I thought it was needed, but that trade was, that was such a sus trade. It was such, at that point, that's when I was, I was really taken, taken aback. And that's when I really started to feel like, okay, what at what cost did we implement this keepers like it, i'm hoping that this is a one year thing this is a first year of keepers and maybe people will start seeing okay maybe that keeper idea didn't work for me last year maybe if i held on to swift i could have made a deeper run in the playoffs or i could have made it into the playoffs instead of gambling maybe yeah. that's and i hope i hope it that's the situation also just to, to put in perspective uh, on that trade i i also was a point uh like completely knocked out of the playoffs so um 
made it clear of it being keepers. But I do think, to your point with that Swift trade, it caused a ripple effect of mm-hmm. all the trades coming after that. Yeah, and look, I, I'm probably sounding like I'm just complaining and venting at this point. And I've been quiet in the group chat partly because of that. Like, I didn't want to come off as, like, this is completely like, offside. But I think we all had very similar sentiments toward this. Um, there was just no point of me reacting to that. Yeah, I, ma- I made a little low blow here and there asking if someone wanted to trade me a dollar for Swift or whatever, just to, you know, poke the bear a little bit more. But at, at that point, it, it was just, it was, it was the, the circumstance of the situation. We allowed it to get to this point and to, the, to our own fault, to our own fault. We all voted on it and that's the way it's going to be. What I would like to see is we have to, I think we have to penalize or um, deter people from making keeper trades like this. So maybe instead of, you know, you traded for you or keeping a fourth round pick, um, maybe you lose something a little bit different. Maybe you lose a pick, maybe you lose a pick or you have to move back in the order in your draft year. Something that will penalize um, those who, and I shouldn't say penalize, something that is going to allow people to rethink their decisions of keeping a player or not. I think as is, it's too sweet of a deal. It's too sweet from both ends. Someone who is so close to winning um, versus, and at the same time, someone who is completely has no shot of winning. Too sweet of a deal. We should, we should promote competitiveness from week one to week 15, regardless of where you are in the standings. Yeah, and I, I think the odd part too, to be honest, is with some of the trades that happen, we're amongst uh, uh, managers who were still in a viable playoff position to make a push. And and that kind of was, I think, also a, a little, like, you know, throwing question marks up in the air, like, why? And it could have been because, you know, is it just people being pussies and being afraid of what we think these juggernaut teams are? are? Or... Uh, or whatnot, where I don't know, but uh, yeah, some of these teams still had chances to make playoff pushes in it, and they kind of gave up. They, yeah, they they gave yeah. up a little too soon. Like I said, you know, we're at, we're we're at ten meters left in a sprint, and it's like you gave up before the actual finish line. Exactly. At week six, people were tanking. Yeah, and, and you know, in the and like I, I, the thing is too, like the the Chris, for example, who who clearly wanted to tank, and. For good measure, he was 0-6. He wanted to tank. But his tanking went the opposite direction, right? He's now in a playoff spot, or pretty close to a playoff spot, whereas someone like Steve, who I believe was trying to stack up players... I, I forget where Steve was at at that point, in, at that time, but he was trying to make productive trades to, for a playoff push. He just wasn't able to. It was unfortunate for him, his trades didn't pan out. But at that point in the year... At, week six like we're we're already thinking of next year there's 10 more games to be played before the playoffs alone anything could happen so that that's the part where i it was i just thought it was a little bit weird um but the the irony part with chris's team specifically is um it started off with being obviously distraughted by the lack of play from the kansas city team and it was just too volatile yeah. for him. So he, he found ways to blow it up, but he ended up finding a lot of a lot of value. Like yeah. Justin Herbert is probably gonna finish as a top five quarterback. You have Waddle, uh Marquise Brown, who are probably gonna be not only WR2s or better for this season, but absolute stud keepers for next year and that doesn't even include the fact that he also has dylan on his team too so i I think in a way literally the agent of chaos even though he blew up his team he blew it up in a way that he still made his team good (laughs) yeah and i i I wonder if he if he had that vision you know like regardless if he had it great for him yeah, benefits Chris is ways. a good manager. Chris has always been competitive and a good manager. This could just be a different way of thinking that mm-hmm. it's outside the box that we normally see. Um, so, you know what? Uh, kudos to, to how his team has been, uh, especially yeah. dealing with, uh, with, you know, the absolute distraught, terrible beginning of KC and then losing some players along the way. 
Um, but yeah, there's a lot that um, can be said and, and agreed with uh, with your statements of how, how the season has gone and, and with the keeper value. Um, yeah. You say yeah. that, you know, out of out of the teams that you think has took advantage or has bullied their way to the top, per se, is there really a team there that doesn't look actually as scary on paper? Uh, as scary as they probably do on paper there there's i think there's only three individual like that's obviously taras's team he he went he went for it all to his credit okay is his team as good as he thinks it is i don't know i don't know it has like is gaskin it is gaskin his guy is cook going to be coming back if he comes back what's he going to look like when he comes back how's his outside of the field issues panning out is christian kirk a solid wide receiver is the you know Ayuk is he the guy as well like i don't know if his team is as good as we initially thought um you know mark andrews is a hit yeah he's he's always there right he's always there for uh for jackson um but the question is like is lamar jackson is he throwing the ball well anymore like, a lot of things don't look like they're going his way. And this is going to end up biting me in the ass. I just know it. I'm going to face him in, in week one, and he's going to blow me out. But See, I, I, I think each of these juggernaut teams, and we all know who we're talking about. We're talking about Kite's team, Paul's team, yeah. and, and Taras' team. I think each of these teams have question marks going into these playoffs. Like with Taras' team, now after the trade, like you said, you have both Brown injured IR, you have Cook on IR. We don't know how they're going to come back. Uh, the Vikings aren't in a... They're not making the playoffs, most likely, at this point, especially when you lose to the freaking Lions. Like, no offense, John. Like, I know... Think, you know what? Congrats, you got your win. But why are they going to rush Cook back and give him a working load when yeah. they need him for next season? So, if I I would be kind of worried about that if I was Taraz. Same thing with Najee Harris. Najee Harris is on pace to go over 400 touches in his rookie season. If Pittsburgh kind of loses the next week or two, they might bench him as well. Why are you going to risk your rookie uh, running back for next year? So, yeah. there is some question marks here that he, he might be okay for week 15. I don't know about 16 or 17, though. You know, you got yeah. uh, Paul's team is has been on fire. Like you can't like Jonathan Taylor yeah. can win him literally yeah. the league. But Jamar Chase has kind of completely slowed down the last couple of weeks. Uh he hasn't even been in the top twenty for the last four weeks. Is this trend gonna continue for him? You know, now that we see Debo being human again, kind of getting hurt, is he gonna be okay? Is he gonna get his full workload? So he even has some question marks. And then yeah, tight end's a big question mark as well. It's yeah fan, so, fan that guy. I don't know. Even though these guys have gone all in, again, we play fantasy. It's a roller coaster from week in to week out. Yeah. Anything can happen. And that's why I think teams like you, teams like Chris, if you squeak into the playoffs, you just need to string a couple of good games together. Chris, Chris has a solid team. Like Chris's team, Gronk doesn't seem like he's ever going to go a game without catching a touchdown. I think Gronk is second or third tight end in the league right now for points. Yeah, uh, points per game played, which is yeah. pretty crazy. Like, who and he's missed like half the year. He's missed half the year. Imagine if Gronk had it. I think, it, yeah, it's and you know, since we have we're talking about Paul here, can we address what his name is all about? What is his second worst drafted team? Is this a, a label that Kite gave him at the beginning of the year, and he's just held yeah, on to it out of like just pure anger? Is he ever going to give up this name? I think it's lost. It's. It's in, it's impunity. Like it's no longer there. I think he should change it. Um, I, I I think someone should have addressed that in an earlier pod. No one has. It's a weird name. Just so you know weird. what it, it old for him all season. It's worked for him, so maybe it'll work. But you know, <laughs> if if he somehow falls to like Taras or Kite in the finals, then he should probably change his name to you know the second worst drafted team coming second place or something yes. like that. Yeah. Imagine if he doesn't win. Then Kite is going to be like, yeah, he, he wasn't a very well drafted team. That's why he didn't win. Like, he's kind yeah. of fueling the fire on his own. Uh, someone needs to teach. Like, look at my name. First of all, Obi John Kenobi. 
Hey, that's a great name, right? It's, it's, it's a fantastic, especially it's a now that he's on actually a good team. Like the exactly, Rams. it's you a know, great name. Yeah. Yeah, you know like what? I, Kudos to you for holding on to him. I know it was hard. I know you wanted to like no. wheel him and deal him a little bit, but you have him. He's on the Rams. Um, I know your team's up and down, but you must feel good that he went to the Rams. Uh, oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. You know the, the happiest part about this was. If he doesn't point, put up 10 points a game, I, I'm fine with that. But the fact that I try to ship him throughout the year, who wants him? Who wants him? No one wanted him. As soon as he went to the Rams, Everybody I had maybe wanted everyone wanted him. Yeah. And I just said, Danny was the first one who traded me. And I, I just, screw you, Danny. How many times <laughs> did I try to trade you for OB, OBJ and you said no? And now all of a sudden, you want him? No, no, no. So I, I held him out of spite. I probably should have traded him, but... That's that's my problem. That's that's my vice. I, I get very emotionally attached to uh, not only the players because I'm 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 a, I'm a coach's player um, or a player's coach. Coach's player? I'm a coach's player. I I, I love my I love my players, so I have a connection to them. Uh, Which makes not, it hard to, to yeah to yeah and, trade them away. And then I also have a connection to Danny in that I never want him to succeed in fantasy football. So uh, I, I'll go at all costs to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's but yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Sorry, sorry for cutting you off there. Kite's team, like to the to Kite's defense, he wasn't in bully ball mode. He was pretty true to to what he he drafted, and and I, I also I sound like I'm just like shitting on everyone who who wanted to make good trades for themselves, and, and like Taras is obviously taking the biggest hit for that, and it's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is, you know, Kite. He, Kite and Paul both drafted well. They made subtle changes throughout the league. I don't, I don't know. If, I think Paul's probably been the most inactive manager in the entire league this year. And he's still in first place. So, like, kudos to him. Kudos to Kite as well. Um, well, yes. And the amount of trades Paul has done has probably been down there. But he probably has the best trade uh, for getting Chase and Robinson <laughs> for giving out digs. Like if yes, Paul okay, didn't, yeah. if Paul didn't do that trade, he would not be in the position he's in right now. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Which in hindsight, maybe Kite would even be stronger. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing too is the very active Steve at the beginning of the year. Uh, we all thought, like, remember week one to five, everyone was praising Steve. What a great addition he was to the league. Look how smart he is in fantasy football. I was one of his biggest supporters. Steve is the guy. I like Steve. He knows his stuff. Not so he's not sitting so pretty anymore. Five and eight. We have to address that. We can't just be nice to every single person on this pod and then just let them get away scot free because they're the new guy on block. Like, no. Steve, sorry dude. This wasn't your year. Hopefully next year is better for you. Um But yeah, you know, playoffs are coming up. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah, I think uh Steve being the new kid on the block. Uh, he tried to really push himself out there, you know, uh, be active in the league, which is great. I think it's been a positive for the yes. most part. Um, but yeah, it's one too many trades, my man. And I think it might have uh, been too much of a downfall at the end. But, you know, yeah. it's uh, you, you live and you learn, right? Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully next year will be better for everyone. I know we've <laughs> discussed uh, in depth about the keepers and the trade deadline. Um, on on a final note on that subject, I do think we kind of want to start new things on the podcast. Uh, earlier this year, uh, Kite on the podcast did a live trade uh, wheel and dealing. I think at the end <laughs> of the season, when everything's done, the fire's set in stone, the smoke is blowing in the air, and people are more calmed down, I think it would be really cool to have every single manager on the pod and we do a live discussion of our rules and settings for next season and set it in stone there and don't put it to a poll. That's interesting. That's, that's an interesting. I think one of the discussions can be exactly about how we move forward with keepers. I believe because we said it, we do have to do it for the next year or two. Yes. I think there definitely needs to be tweaks and adjustments to it. Um, But I think 
the overall uh, thought is that eventually we're going to go back to just a redraft and then maybe do a separate dynasty for who wants to do that. But uh, I think it needs to be discussed. One question I will bring up here, this is for the commish and for, I guess, everybody. Um, I think it's a little loophole here. Uh, we have our keepers that we're going to set in stone at the end of the season. My question is, what happens between the time we announce our keepers to the time we draft for the beginning of the season if our keepers get injured? Oh, great question. Do we, are we forced to keep those keepers or are we allowed to default to that draft pick? Or are we allowed to choose? Even though I get to keep my keeper, let's say for me, I keep Fournette and I keep Pittman. Can I default if I don't want Fournette to get the to get the draft pick. I don't know if there's a choice there, but I definitely think there should be one if our, the player ends up getting injured, let's say in training camp or preseason, as God knows everybody in this league knows that happens every year before the season starts. Yeah, Mikey, that's a great point. But it's it, it, like based on how we proceed with something like that is how we ultimately will deter bad keeper decisions, right? If we make it set in stone, look, by the end of the year, last day of the season, you have to set your, your keeper, then every manager now has to take notice that something could go really bad in the offseason. And maybe I shouldn't be tanking week six, seven, because there's going to be serious repercussions if this doesn't pan out for me. Like these, I, think, I think instead of incentivizing, and you're right, this is a gap, we need to crunch down on those things. Crunch down on every single gap to the most punitive way we possibly can. And that's the only way to, I, I think, mitigate a situation that we had this year. Um, but that's for the commission. That's for the league to vote on. Um, another interesting thing is, I'm going to bring this up because you, you had a, a little conversation on this with a group of, with the group regarding walking away from the league. You had made a comment about, I'm wa- like, I wanted to, I forget verbatim, but you basically said, I've been meaning to, or thinking about leaving the league. I can see that I can do that now. Now, what happens if you were to walk away from the league having tanked the year and someone now has to inherit your team? Like, you've basically set up an individual to succeed in the coming years. And now you are not going to pay the consequence of that. So yeah, that's, that's something that's that also needs to be addressed. If people are tanking, midway through we have to we have to crack down and you the thing is this is a friend group so you expect people not to leave but Vic left last year what's stopping someone from leaving from year to year right people are going to leave steve came in i came in people have left people have come so if we're going to do that we need to address that as well but this is a learning year right it's a trial and error year and despite everything that danny isn't he's a great commissioner and i'm sure he's going to sit down at the end of the year with with baby Miles in his hand, and he's going to be jotting down all the, the imperfections that he saw this year, and he's going to uh, address them adequately. So I wouldn't put it past him to, to fix all these little gaps. Um, uh, that is one thing. It's, uh, I know you're still fairly new to the league uh, for how long it's been around. Um, we have, unfortunately, had a lot of managers come and go. Uh, we have had our managers set in stone, uh, a handful of us, but it, it's life. Uh, some Not everybody can can commit to fantasy as our current dedicated managers um, yeah. and it's a lot of stress and it's because it's a it's a even though it's a friendly league it's still a very competitive league and sure. everyone's willing to put in uh, the time and energy for it and you know especially when you when you lose <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, regarding what i said yes i i did say that um and it was i guess in the heat of the moment for how how shocked I guess I was with how much blowback we got from that trade. Um, but yes, I, I have, I have thought about it and that kind of pushed me to saying that, but I, 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 I wouldn't have it in me to leave the league after, after doing that, after doing a move to have keepers. But that is also something that when you aren't doing a redraft league and you're doing a keepers or let's say a dynasty league, unfortunately, that will follow suit. If somebody was to leave, unfortunately that team doesn't reset. The next person would have to come into the league knowing they're taking over someone's team. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and that, and that's just the way it is when you don't do redraft. So that that is something that uh, you know has to be discussed uh, for I guess the future of of the league and and the state of the league. Uh, but those were uh, all good points that you brought up, my friend. That's for I'm sure. I usually I usually can come up with a few good points. I'm pretty pretty interested in coming up with these points. Um, I, I think Lore School has done you well. You you've you come up with it right on the spot and then you hammer it out. Yeah, I just I get overly passionate. And then I go to bed angry, and then I wake up very angry, and I just do it again and again every single day. And my anger and frustration of keepers doesn't subside. It just gets worse and worse as the weeks progress. But I I like this league. I love these podcasts. I like the competitive nature. And despite me shitting on everyone today for keepers, it's 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 not it's not in bad faith. It's it's just me being uh, trying to stir the pot a bit as well and keeping the conversation going which it which to that point when it was stirred up that day it was because at at the end of the day it's because we are are all very passionate about about our pretend teams with real players exactly exactly this is is what we live for man this is this is why we wake up on sunday mornings to do this yeah we we live for sunday mornings to to sit on our couch and and watch our players shit the bed that's exactly what it is and just utter disappointment I think we're running. We're running close to time. Um, we are. I'm, I'm, going, uh, it, I'm going through playoffs. I want to do something quickly. We're going through yeah. the playoffs right now, sitting at week fifteen. Curious to know if you look at the playoff structure, who would go out round one, who would go out round two, and who would eventually win the finals based on what you see today. If the playoffs were to start today, today yes, uh, I, I. I think, uh, to be honest with you, though, how hot he's been, I, I think Chris can take out Paul. Oh, week uh, one. Week okay. one, baby. I think he can do that. Um, I, I, I would think, to be honest with you, the that would be the second upset. I do think you have a chance against Tony as well, because you guys would go up against each other again. And if you guys were to go up against each other again this week, I can guarantee you Tony would not be putting up 127 points. I pray. I pray. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what I think the week one at least outlook of, of the playoffs would be. What about you? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Like Chris is just, I don't know, man. I, he's the underdog you want to win at this point. At this point, I agree. At this, like, you know, if it's not me, I hope it's Chris. Um, maybe Dre too. I, I don't mind him. He's a good guy. I think he's not, to be a, he's not a dirty. He's not a dirty cop, so I like him a bit. Um, I think the worst team is is Kimbert's team, and just uh, like yeah. not not because obviously Mixon's been great and Eckler, but uh, Williams and and Moore has been absolutely so poor for him that. He doesn't. He doesn't have enough guys to to put out there to to win him a week. You know, it's it's like if we're playing soccer, it's like you're going out on the field with nine players, two men yeah. down. You know, I I I I think he's the kind of the odd guy out of the playoffs right now, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. I think yeah. I think it would be Chris, then me. Chris goes to the final, and then Kite Taras play each other round two. I think Taras goes to the championship and Taras potentially wins. Like, on paper. Do I want that to happen? No. I do not want him to win. I'd rather anyone else. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> to, to start wrapping things up here, obviously we've mentioned before how bleak the waiver wire is. If you're really trying to pick up somebody from the waiver wire right now to plug into your starting lineup, I can guarantee you are not making the playoffs. Uh, but to quickly go through it, is there anybody on this bleak waiver wire that you might potentially have interest in picking up and, and maybe stashing for the playoffs or anything like that? I was really banking on stashing Cam. But I have I have Tom Brady, but I wanted to stash him so no one else stashed him. But McCaffrey went down, and now I'm thinking there's really no point. He's probably going to put up goose eggs for us the season. I think at this point, like as we can see from big defensive performances, like Cowboys last week putting up 18 points, I think what I'd probably do is stash a defense from week 4 to 15 onwards. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's the only real plug and play you can potentially have right now and have it be uh, a good 
plug and play for for the playoffs really aside from that too bleak uh, and i don't know maybe and that maybe that's something else we can discuss like i know last week we ran into a situation where everyone was on the ir because we added second second slot but come this time of year uh trade trade deadlines over but waiver wire is basically done too everyone has everyone's handcuff plus plus that so yeah uh, especially it's, it's in tough. our league yeah, yeah it's it's tough like maybe we imp- maybe we implement something where come week and uh, like end of the week we have to drop or we lose a spot i don't know something that would make the waiver wire competitive because i think uh, if you look at the fab dollars like i've i haven't spent much there's certain people who haven't spent much at all and those fab dollars have gone to waste and yeah it's true there's a lot of teams that haven't really spent up this year yeah and uh but you know at the same time like i like i keep saying that's that's just me complaining probably because i'm not managing well just like i don't think i manage well in this first year of keepers and me complaining about others doing what was best for their team and me just being sour me being sour about it right uh you know i i I'm... It could. Some can say it's being sour, or some of it can. But I, I think you have your points to it. Um, but I have a question for you about the waiver wire, especially that you are the Adam Thielen owner, knowing that he is out, uh, guaranteed at least for this Thursday game with the high ankle sprain. Do you have any interest in Osborne? No, not really. I'm just. Gonna, I'm. I'm going to ride my team. I think whatever I have on my bench. I, I, I trust them more than the unknown. Like the Viking, the Vikings aren't going nowhere. I'm not. Agreed. I'm not investing anything in that. But maybe I'll take a look again. Osborne, uh, he has shown that he can potentially. He he's a talented wide receiver who's who's the third on this team. Um, Jefferson can't catch all all of Cousins' passes, so it's going to have to go to someone else. I, I think Conklin will be the red zone target f- uh, favorite, but I think there's a little bit of spice to Osborne in a very, very terrible <laughs> free agency market right now. Yeah, the other I'm thing still- too... Sorry, Mikey, sorry. The other thing too is I, I have Conklin, right? I have him on my team. One thing I don't like doing is I don't like stashing two players on the same team on my starting lineup. It's more of me just wanting one player to succeed over the other instead of uh, sharing the wealth. So I have like a little personal issue with doing that, even though I have Thielen and Conklin right now, but having Osborne and Conklin, I just run into the same situation. So we'll see, man, you know? Yeah, that, that is interesting. There are, there are managers that don't like to do that. I, I personally don't think I would like to, to stash or play, you know, specifically that tight end position, and like a RB or W, like a wide receiver from that same position. So I'll give you an example. Like I had Robert Woods, I drafted him, but I, I wouldn't have wanted Higby as well. I, I'm not a fan of that. But you know, there's there are managers that do like that, like AKA like Chris with with uh, with Hill and, <laughs> and Kelsey and that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, remember week one and two when they went off, and we're like, holy shit, this guy's a genius. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, well, nobody just like this season, nobody would have ever predicted the the you know Kansas City Chiefs yeah. to to struggle uh, as much as they have. Yeah. Um, all right, going to the last week, the week fourteen matchups outside of our own matchup, which will be the best matchup of the week. Is there any other matchups uh, that are you're going to be looking at? You're going to be paying attention to that might intrigue you. Let's go. Let's see. Who do we have? Well, we have the two big dogs going at it. Titan Terrace going at it. That's going to be a good one. We have Agent of Chaos with Anthony. Like anything that Chris touches right now, or Antonio, sorry, anything that Chris touches right now is, is going to be a good game. But we have Dre and uh, Bag of Mixon going at it. That's a good one. That's a playoff hunt race, if, I, if I'm correct. Um, so those are the ones. Both in it? Uh, they're kind of, they're both in it. Yeah, I, I, I think they're they both... both clutch it. But, uh... So yeah, so Bag of Mixon needs the win. That's interesting. So yeah, that's gonna, that's a good, that's a good matchup. That's probably where will I play? I, I'm probably gonna end up playing Antonio at this point. Yeah, I think the juggernaut match between Kite and Taras will be interesting because that's like a final potential. Exactly. Um, I think I think that'll be the one that all of the league's going to be kind of paying attention to. 
but yeah, when you look at the bottom feeders, uh, people are going to look now Chris's way and see how he's performing, especially him being the hottest team going into the playoffs right now. Yeah. Um, so that will definitely be interesting. Uh, yeah. All right, John. Do you have any uh, any parting shots or last words to say before we we wrap it up here today? You know, I shot on I shot on a few people today, probably, and I, I feel bad, but um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give out any parting shots mainly because I've been humbled by my team's performance in the past weeks. But what I will say is that I will see Taurus in the finals. That's the way it's going to end up happening. I'll see you in the finals, buddy. Looking forward to the matchup. Looking forward to beating you and then uh, having you love your keepers or your lack thereof for the following year. Um, but everyone else, it's been a fun, fun league. We're gearing up to the playoffs, so looking forward to that. No other, no other parting shots. Danny gets a, a save this week. Uh, I'm all out of trips for him. So nothing to add further, man. And uh, a final note, I'll put that... Uh... Even though I know I'm going to be in the consolation bracket, I've uh, I've been getting all these losses, saving up all the the <laughs> wins for for this final momentum. I am aiming for the number one pick for next year, uh, so you guys better watch out because I'm going to come in hot, just like I did last year going into the playoffs. But it's just for the other bracket. Uh, to finish it off, I am happy to be here hosting on behalf of Kite. Uh, Kite has done an absolutely fantastic job uh, taking this podcast and completely running with it. Uh, I can say on behalf of the whole entire league, uh, we're looking forward to hearing your voice back on next week. And thank you for doing this for the last couple of seasons. It's uh, very much appreciated as we all enjoy listening to it and participating in it. Uh, on that note, John, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, it was great to talk about all the topics we did. Good luck in the playoff run. And, uh, you know, let's end Until next that time. Yeah. yeah. And, hopefully, and hopefully you don't uh, get last place, man. Hopefully you don't uh, walk away that toilet bowl. Uh, I, I'm not. I what, if, what a fall from the top that would be. From championship. Well, at least you take home another trophy. You know, that's maybe, maybe that's, my, that's my thing. I just, I, I I'm just want trophies. Yeah, I, just, I just want trophies. No matter what it is, give yeah. it to me. You just, but, you're just uh, craving them. First yeah. or last, baby. I don't know, man. Baby, the the way know? the season's going, I think D- Danny's smelling it right now. I, I think uh, Danny, Danny can be uh, going that way, you know? Poor guy. I don't know where he's going to put it. He's going to have to move Miles play uh, bin or something. <laughs> oh, it's going to be in Miles' Poor crib. Guy. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're right. He's going to play with it. <laughs> Like, you're gonna be so used to seeing that thing by age six it's gonna be one of his regular toys he's just gonna oh, have yeah. it forever and it's just gonna be now a losing mentality him growing up oh, poor <laughs> come on, worry. John. He, he has uncle john he has uncle john don't worry john when you win the championship you're gonna come over with the chip and show show your nephew how it's really done i'm gonna put the belt on his on his waist for him and everything beautiful there you go <laughs> all, all right, right everybody uh, that was the Monday Morning Tears Cast episode 31. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.